0: This is the St. Louis Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network. Matt Berger, Clay Byers, Dorfer, and Andy Hansen alongside. Wherever you are listening to us, whenever you are listening to us, we hope you are well. Got plenty to talk about in this episode of the Last Man Up. So much. So much to talk about. Uh, We have the college national championship game between Alabama and Clemson, that happened this past uh, a few days ago from the day of this recording. We have wild card weekend to talk about, and we got the upcoming divisional round to talk about. Jeffrey Trudia, he is a senior columnist for NFL.com. He'll be joining us a little bit later to talk about that Um, and lots of NFL hirings and firings and, and all kinds of news in the NFL. But the big thing that I want to talk about right now is Clay's intense hatred for Pizza Hut. No, no. I, I don't understand it. Did they? Team Papa
2: John's because they're from Louisville. <laughs> is,
1: is, that, is, is that simple?
2: It's not that simple. No, no. Okay. It's not that
1: simple. I mean, did they deliver you a cold pizza one time? See, or? the thing
2: of it is, even on this very same podcast, we I sang the praises of Pizza Hut early on in the football season when they partnered with the NFL. Okay. We thought it was a genius move. I remember because we had. Um, Scott Miller on. Okay, who did yeah. the yeah. Tommy Pham story with the karate or however you say the, that the, word. The eye disease, yes. Karate uh, But no, they now two separate times I've had instances with Pizza Hut where they've delivered food that was incorrect. No, oh, no. They delivered food that was cold. Okay. And they delivered food that was not cut. And by that I mean they sent me an entire pizza that was not cut. So you
0: got a bunch schluppers at your Pizza Hut. My, my Pizza Hut here, it's awesome.
1: So had, the, the, the pizza that I've had in St. Peter's has not been terrible. So I
2: don't I, get it very often. But. I've had this happen to me in two different states. I've had it happen to me at the O'Fallon, <laughs> Illinois location. Then you guys know I went to Kansas City for a bachelor party, uh, what, two weeks ago. Yes. We ordered pizza there. Same shit happened. Both times I've had to get on the phone with the area manager for the area. This is at 1.30 in the morning. Last night, 1.30 in the well, morning. Well, you're getting
1: the area manager, not the store manager. No, you're no, no. no. The at 1.30 in
2: the morning, you're calling the area manager. Calling the area manager, waking this guy up out of bed and yelling at him and telling him how disappointed he should be in his store's performance. Were you drunk? How, you say, how many drinks in were you? Oh, I had been out drinking, <laughs> I mean, since we went to the freaking uh, Kansas City Chiefs game. That same day that it happened. So okay. I've been tailgating since 10 a.m. that day. So you're talking about a good 12, 13 hours of drinking. Solid, solid drinking. And it was just, you know, it was shooters, it was beer, it was all kinds of stuff. But this you poor say shooters? Shooters, like the little little, shots. little I shots. shots. Yeah,
0: shooters. But, I mean, I don't. growing men don't call them shooters.
2: You bring those into the game, though. This, oh, okay. this, this, this poor guy's got to talk to a drunk Clay Byersdorfer. Talking at, to me not talking to me sober is a pain in the ass already
1: at one thirty in the morning because his uh, his pepperoni was cold.
2: It was ridiculous. Like how cold was it? It was. You had to put it in the oven and heat it up for twenty minutes. Cold.
1: Are you sure it wasn't just fine and you were too hammered? And you no. Okay.
2: No, it was a collective. It was a collective group effort because we ordered a large. So here's the thing about it. Both times they've been relatively large orders because they've been group orders. Okay. And I totally understand that. I as see lots
0: p- of so like on Venmo. You can go down and see what people have paid people for. Yeah, I see lots of people paying you for pizza.
2: That's all it is, exactly. <laughs> so usually how it works is because I have the app on my phone. We've been we usually get together every weekend and we will order Pizza Hut and we'll put the points towards the account. And then like sure. midway through the year, you know, end of the year, the plan was to have a, a pizza party. Like, Makes and, sense, you know, enjoy all those first as you points. should, as we should. And you know, it's just a great combination: pizza and football on a Sunday. You can't go wrong, right? So we were going strong for a while, and then about a month ago, they had their first relapse, and then this two weeks ago, they had another one. So I've officially cut ties with Pizza Hut. I hate them all. Their product is crap.
0: So what is your new pizza go-to when you're drunk yeah, at 1.30 so, in the
2: morning? So is it a Domino's? Or Domino's? Or it? I mean, I think Domino's is still open. So I've moved to Casey's Pizza. I have a Casey's. Oh, wow. Casey's Deli- Pizza. No, no, oh, no. Have he, you ever have had, had a Casey's oh, Pizza? Oh, yes.
1: That stuff is greasy as anything It's gets. greasy, but It's, it's delicious. delicious. It's delicious, it's, and I think it's okay, and it's hot and ready whenever you need to pick it up. Okay, but I mean, like that, that's that's a Little Caesars slogan: "is hot and ready." See, it little, never says anything about it being good, just L- hot
2: and ready. Little Caesars has stepped up their game recently too, so I'm willing to give them a shot. I'm willing to give all interested parties a shot, but just know that Pizza Hut is trash.
0: Little Caesars should change their name to Hot and Acid Reflux. <laughs>
2: Is that what uh, it gives you? Hot and, oh. Hot and gives you the shits. Every time I think that having...
0: So they they have the deal. It's a $5. You get a pan pizza that's like 2,000 calories yeah. and a Mountain Dew for 5 bucks for on, lunch. On
2: paper, There's solid deal.
0: It's a solid deal. Solid deal. Until a couple hours later and then you try to go to bed that night you're like oh that was a bad <laughs> choice it's like ron burgundy milk was a bad choice i uh
1: <laughs> i used to work at little caesars when i was in college when little caesars used to deliver
0: speaking of college we need to get back to you too but keep going
1: about back back to me okay but i used to work at little caesars when i was in college i delivered pizzas for them and the people who bought Little Caesars pizza at that time were usually like the cheapest mofos oh, yeah. on oh, the face yeah. of the earth. Because I remember one time, it was pretty slow that night, and that guy's pizza, I knew exactly where he lived. I knew exactly where to go. I was in Warrensburg for only maybe a couple months, so I was still trying to feel my way around town. But I knew exactly where this guy lived. It wasn't that far from where the store was. And that pizza was out of the oven and into the box, into that guy's front door, at three minutes flat. That thing was Piping hot. It's all all piping hot. Guess how much I got tipped? Zero. One damn dollar.
2: Well, one dollar. So that would have been like what a twenty percent tip on a five dollar pizza? And that wasn't even that. That was that was <laughs> no. This is back then when, back when then. oh this is before the five dollar. It was, days. The pizza, pizza oh, deal. Yeah, was a pizza pizza deal. Yeah, oh. it was a pizza pizza deal. So you got
0: two pizzas this, for this
2: twenty piece, bucks. This oh. pizza was
1: probably at the time was maybe ten dollars, okay, twelve dollars. So he definitely yeah. stiffed you then. Oh, absolutely, he stiffed me. I was angry, rude, very. And then I quit that and went to go bounce at a strip club.
2: Good for you, but now you are here, and now I am here with you two. What a series of unfortunate events! <laughs> it's quite a life I live. Matt Berger's series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Let me tell you,
1: the, 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 the autobiography I could write. I did. A, I did
0: emos in Columbia when I was at, when I was at Mizzou for a year, and uh, I always showed up early. And, and like the the, the manager's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, like, you're one of my delivery drivers. And, like, you show up on time and, like, you come to work prepared to work and you work. And then you, you leave when you're supposed to leave. He goes, this is not, and you've done this, like, consistently. Why do you do this? I'm like, I don't know.
1: Did you want me to show up late or drunk Stunned. or high That's usually or... the problem I think he had. Yeah. So you give me free pizzas all the time. God bless them. Uh, there's something about people who work at Emo's. They're good at giving away free shit. Yeah. Because when I was working at HSBC, there was an Emo's that was in the same strip mall. And if I needed a break or whatever, I would go down to that Emo's, and those kids down there would hook me up with, with uh, free sodas, and every once in a while, they'd, you know, Here, here's a little pe- a personal pan pizza that someone didn't want. Oh, yeah. Y- mm-hmm. You could have it. I would go down there and get a Meatball Hero every once in a while. They would never charge me for it. So. Yeah. One day for Christmas, I bought bought them uh, two cases of Bud Light. Oh, nice. And I gave them to them. I go, look. I go, I know some of you are 21. I know some of you are twenty 21. I don't need to know. (laughs) I'm I'm walking right back out the door. I go, I'm handing this to the person that I know is 21. You kids have fun.
0: Speaking of college... This week on the social medias, yes, you posted a picture of your college ID. Oh yes, and I didn't I need, realize that you to talk were. About that. I didn't realize that you were
1: Dante from the um, Dante from Clerks. Yeah, Dante from Clerks. That was that's when people want to know what I look like with hair. Yeah, I tell them I go. Have you seen the movie Clerks? They're yeah. like, yes. I go Dante Hicks. It doesn't yeah. even
2: look like you. I had it to look at. Like I had me. to look at it for a solid five minutes, and I thought it was a joke at first because no. I was like, oh, maybe this guy just looks. It's definitely you, you, but you look different.
1: Well, I mean, you have to keep in mind that picture was also taken 22 years ago. Right. So a lot of people have usually change over 22 years. You
0: got better looking with age. Thank you. Most most guys do. It'll
2: come to you someday, up. <laughs> I think I'm a you, lo- I'm a lost cause in that department.
1: You will be a lot better looking at Pizza Hut. We'll we'll stop treating you like shit once you get yeah, older and good like, looking hey, like me the, and Andy. This
0: guy, I mean, this guy is a serious <laughs> pizza eater. He we we better not screw him over. But
2: the, the thing that pissed me off so much and I'm done with Pizza Hut after this this bit, but <laughs> the thing that pissed me off so much about it was the attitude that I got in in laying out the facts. I granted one time you it was call at 1:30. We that guy at 1:30 in the morning. And he was very disrespectful. <laughs> so okay, well, I can't like, imagine why. <laughs> number one, I have no idea
1: how you got his number. I would be disrespectful too because I'm like, look, you're you're from St. Louis. I'm in Kansas City. You're never like you not going to my store anymore is not yeah. going to bankrupt
2: us. It won't. So go ahead.
1: I, I'm surprised he didn't hang up on you. How long, they, was, how long was he on the call with you?
2: It was a good half hour conversation. Oh, he, half an hour. Holy half an hour. Shit. He's half out of hour. his mind. Yeah. He's going right to his boss and saying, look what I did. I want a promotion. That's fine. If he would have... I mean, I was half a second away from hanging up and then calling his boss. I just didn't know how to get that number. But I knew how to get his number, the area manager number. Because the first time I went through it, I figured out how to get direct to the area manager, like the call center. And, you know, it went from there. But So wait, so the call center transferred you to his phone? Yes, his personal cell phone. And he woke up and said, hello. And I said, is this... Blah blah blah, you know the area made it. And he said, "Yes, who's speaking?" I was like, "A dissatisfied customer."
1: <laughs> oh, so. I would I would have
2: hung up. There is no way I would have put up with you at one thirty. I don't. I mean, pop- do you
0: realize how much more free shit you would have gotten if you called him during normal business hours?
2: Probably the same amount that I got now. I got a full refund. Yeah, for my pizza, he refunded me on the spot, and I also got a twenty-five dollar coupon. I'm not going to use it. I'll give it to a homeless person or something. Let's keep it away in the show tonight.
1: <laughs> Give it away on the show. Give us a call
2: at 855-282-8255. A yeah, we don't have a phone
0: number.
1: Get a twenty five dollar pizza coupon courtesy of Clay Byersdorfer.
0: If I was really cool, we could have those on YouTube live. We could, you know, we'll,
1: and, we'll figure it out one of these days. Yeah, I mean, I know how to do it.
0: We have a little another computer down here. We can plug some cameras into and just
1: rock and roll with it. So good, uh, good stories, good just, stories all around. Speaking of rocking and rolling, Clemson, mm. yes, rocking and rolled all over Alabama on Monday night. I am not surprised by the score. I figured it would be the other way around, though. Yes. I figured that would be Alabama 44 and Clemson 16. Didn't Just, see that coming. No, not at all. I'm not shocked that Clemson won. I'm shocked about how they won and how easily they won. Because all you, we've all watched Alabama all season long. Yep. They look completely dominant. Mm-hmm. That's all you heard yep. from people saying, this might be the greatest Alabama football team ever. Yep. Ever. And then they get completely smoked. Yep. And... Here's what the funny thing is. I brought this, brought this up last night on Tuna's show, and Tuna wanted to hit me. Um, provide, other than, outside of that miracle play that Nick Saban had in last year's championship game against Georgia, where Tua came in for Hurts, right. and what was that, like a 4th and 26 or 3rd yep. and 26 or whatever it Long. was? Yeah. It was a miracle play. Mm-hmm. If that miracle play doesn't happen and Georgia goes on to win, you're looking at three national title losses in a row for Nick Saban.
2: Yeah, it's bad. The stat that I saw today uh, that kind of surprised – I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but Dabo Swinney's record and Nick Saban's record the last four years is equal. It's like 45 yes. and 14. I think mean, the only and, thing that's
1: different, I think, is that I think Alabama has scored more points.
2: Right, but they have the same national champions. Yes. Yet we put Alabama on this pedestal sometimes.
1: Oh, because of everything that Nick Saban did before. Right.
2: So, yeah. But now – and I said this last – I think, I mean – Dapo Swinney has got his number. I don't know what it is, right. but he's got his number. He's one of the few guys in college football that is not intimidated by Alabama or Nick Saban whatsoever. None, and puts his guys on the field. Why, it, why would you be? You're two and zero right. against them in national title games. Right. I mean, it, it was just phenomenal to watch. It was and a little bit disturbing because it was just where did this come from? I and mean, I don't know if it's we were just not paying attention all year. I mean, the best college football team had you know the sim- same record. We just looked at number one and not number two. It's you know it's it's easy to see why Kelly Bryant transferred to Mizzou.
1: Oh yeah, yes it is. <laughs> you're not going to be replacing Trevor Lawrence anytime soon. Nope. Yep. I mean that and, guy is
0: high flying falutin.
1: And if you're an NFL owner, you're like, oh my god, salivating, salivating. You are going to start tanking as soon as camp starts. Yep. So you can draft that kid. Two and years. Two years from now. <laughs> two Rams, years from now.
0: Rams. Super Bowl champions next year. <laughs> next year, nine and seven. Now, I mean, year two.
1: We'll, we'll, Three and thirteen. We'll see how he handles success, and see if any of these teams figure him out. Because you know, a year from now or a year ago, he was playing high school football. Yeah. that's the crazy thing when you think about it. Yep. I mean, going into this game, I'm like Alabama is going to eat him for lunch. Yep. That Alabama defense has NFL players all up and down oh, the yeah. field, which all is, up and down that which field. Which is even.
0: I don't know if that goes to say for for Lawrence or for or for their or for their uh, their offensive line being able to protect him like that the way they did.
2: Well, they just dominated every aspect of the football game. I mean, for every NFL star that Alabama has on defense, Clemson says, well, we got one too. I mean, their entire yes. defensive line is first-rounders.
1: Absolutely. Clemson's no joke on defense either. You're absolutely right about that. And here's another thing, too. Tua did not look good. Mm-mm. Tua turned the ball over a lot. You yep. saw a lot of the flaws. Four times? Yes, you saw a lot of the flaws that people talk about with Tua's game. You saw that in the national title game. And I heard um, the, the, the gentleman from CBS who does the, the color commentary. Oh. Um, not Brad. Brad Nessler does the the, uh, the play-by-play. I can see his face. I can't. Uh, um, anyway. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, he said that Tua's biggest problem is that he thinks that every play has to be a home run. Yep that everything has to be like a 45-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's like he's not taking what the defense is giving him. Yep. You know, like, look, it's first and 10. You don't need it to be a 25-yard pass play. Mm-hmm. You can just take the 8-yard dump or whatever, or the 5-yard dump, and live to see tomorrow. Don't force the ball. Gary Danielson. Gary Danielson. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot his name. But...
2: um we saw that on the first play of the game. Absolutely. I mean, he, he tried to go pick for six, boom. pick six back to the house, and then what happens the, very, the next, very next drive, he comes out and then throws a bomb. So it's like evidence is all right there.
1: Another thing I will say about Trevor Lawrence, as well as he played, he owes a lot of that to his receivers, man. Those Clemson receivers mm. were catching everything. Justin Ross had 153 yards at a score, but he was like Spider-Man out there. If that ball was anywhere within his wingspan, he caught it. Yep. And Clemson is just turning out wide receivers into the, wide receiver. You, into man. the into the NFL. Uh, you had Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, Mike Williams, who was good in the nat- the first national title game between uh, Clemson and Alabama. He was what Justin Ross was, where he was just catching everything. Yep. Another funny thing about Justin Ross is that he's from Alabama. He was like the number one football player coming out of Alabama. You would think that he would automatically go there. Mm-hmm. He went to Clemson saw the campus and saw the football facility and saw how much fun they were having. He's like, this is where I got to go. I think that's kind of a knock on Nick Saban. Another thing, too, I'm hearing about Nick Saban is that, and I don't know if this is his fault or what, I think it's, it could be just a product of, of his success. They keep turning over offensive and defensive coordinators yep. all the time because other schools are hiring him away because they're thinking anybody who takes a piss sitting next to Nick Saban is going to be a good coach, so let's hire him. Yeah. And sometimes they turn out to be, like, pretty look, look Smart. Yeah,
2: majority of them turned out absolutely pretty well. So it's not flawed logic. But, yeah, it, it can't help. What did they, have? they had Sarkeesian two years ago, and then he ended up with the Falcons and got it. I don't even know where that and guy's you at had, now. You had Lane Kiffin, Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Um, yeah, they go through a shit ton of coordinators.
1: So congratulations to the Clemson Tigers. Uh, even though it was a blow, I, I thought the game was entertaining just because of what was unfold- unfolding before your very yep. eyes? Yep, because you weren't expecting it at all. You're like, "Holy shit! This is Clemson beating the hell mm. out of Alabama." And that Mike- was
2: that was the best thing I think that could have happened for college because there's no doubt at the end of the year, there's no doubt, no doubt that that team is the national undisputed national champion and deserves the title for sure.
0: My grandfather is a uh, graduate of Clemson University. Is he really? Oh,
2: 1944. No kidding. Yeah,
0: was he all fired up? He, uh, no, he's been dead since two thousand four. So maybe was maybe he maybe he was fired up in heaven.
2: Fuck me. <laughs> Thoughts and no prayers. He'd, wears, he'd
0: wear his Clemson hat. and He'd be he'd be happy. No one. When no they wonder Pizza well. Hut's sending you shit. Probably. Right. I'm an Man,
2: asshole. I'm God. an asshole. I never once claimed to not be one. I never once. <laughs> well, I did refer to anybody him wasn't.
0: in the present <laughs> tense. So I mean, that that is true. Yeah. So I'll, that I'll is take I'll take the blame for
1: that. I have never been to Clemson, South Carolina. I'm wondering how how the campus is. I know like their pregame is amazing. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: My um. My my cousin just or my cousin's kids just went out to look at it. Uh, he took his daughter out and then took their son out this past year. And-,
1: and see, that's another thing too. That's another product of having a hot football team is that <laughs> it gives your um, your university so much national exposure. Oh yeah, there's going to be you know fifteen sixteen year old kids who are now going to be going. I want to go to Clemson. They yep. they may not even be any good at football. But they see the atmosphere; they're going to be like, you know, what I want. I've always wanted to go to school out of state. Mm-hmm. You know, let me start researching Clemson. And if they could, I don't. I'm not sure what their what that school is known for. Like 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 Mizzou is known for journalism, and Purdue's engineering. I'm not sure what Clemson is known for. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just an all around great college. But there's going to be people who are going to be you know from
2: out of state wanting to go to Clemson. I think Clemson is the school. Their football facilities are fantastic, but they are the ones that have the in their like players building kind of where they have you know their kitchen they have dorms and all this good stuff meeting rooms they have a slide that will take you from like the third story down to the ground floor that they built for bigger size players because they didn't want them hurting their knees walking down the steps so they take this slide From the third story down to the ground floor. As as a
1: bigger player, I certainly appreciate that kind of engineering. Yeah, I Uh, thought it was hilarious. I wish they they had that in my building. I work (laughs) on the third floor and I take the stairs down.
0: The most popular majors at Clemson University include engineering, business, management, marketing, and related support services, biological and biomedical sciences, health professions, and related programs and psychology. The average freshman retention rate, an indicator of student satisfaction, is 93%. I don't know why I did the voiceover voice so You there. sounded
1: like a commercial. Now I'm really doing in Clemson. <laughs> I, was,
0: I mean, I was trying to, I guess I was just reading some copy, just kind of went straight to that <laughs> Went straight to that voice.
1: The most popular majors at Clemson University. Yeah, I could is, just see, like, you know, the, the sky, the footage of, like, a drone with a camera, like, going over to the campus and uh, while well, Annie's reading that script. Yeah. And- we can make a commercial for Clemson. Maybe we'll, we can we all go back the We're going to we're gonna be
0: famous. We'll, have, we'll, we'll find some advertising agency who's a sucker enough to, to let me do a voiceover on that. Kn-
1: if we knew of somebody who worked I at an know. advertising I know, maybe. agency. I don't Maybe. I, I don't think we do if know we anybody. We might. We don't. If we put our heads together, Scratching maybe. Scratching my head. Yeah, I can't think of anybody either. I mean, Someone who, will come to mind. I know in, a guy who works at Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. Who works in advertising anyway other than Don Draper?
2: Right. <laughs> all they do is just smoke, drink, and womanize. And that's that's basically, it's scary how accurate that statement is. (laughs) Still. I'm alarmed at how much insight. I mean, you're coming at it completely without any prior knowledge, but it's scary. I mean, Mad Men was in 1962, and it's still the same today? Do what? So Mad Men was like in
0: 1962. It's still the same today how much they smoke and drink and oh, man, womanized? No, it's not like that at
2: all. <laughs> I would be stunned if people were still getting away with that. No. You can't no first off, you can't that. smoke inside a building anywhere. These no, days. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. But uh Did you guys ever
1: watch that show, Mad Men?
2: You know, I got into it initially, but never really like gave it the full go.
1: I watched every episode and I, I love that series a lot. Yeah. But when people tell me that when they watch that show, nothing really happens, I can't argue with them. I'm like, yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. That was my thing. There's no movement. Not no. There really isn't any. Yeah. But I love the show. I'm not sure what it was about. Good.
2: It. There's good acting in it. Yes. John Hamm is phenomenal. John uh, Hamm is great. Uh, what's her face? Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Is that the girl? Um. No, that's not the girl in Hand, Handmaid's. Is it is. It? That is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And she's, she's also phenom-
0: she's also Zoe Bartlett from The West Wing.
2: Yeah. Does a phenomenal job. I. I like the acting in the show, but you're 100% right. There's no movement. The best character on that show was Roger
1: Sterling, played by John yes. Flattery. yep. John Flattery is always amazing. Yep. And uh, Roger Sterling is one of my favorite sitcom, or favorite tr- dramatic characters of all time.
2: Yep, I completely
0: agree. Uh, oh, yeah, that guy was good. I, did, I, only, I only watched a few episodes of it. Oh, really? I, yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing.
2: He was good in uh, Spotlight. He, he, yep. I really liked his character in Spotlight.
0: Uh, Handmaid's Tale so
2: fucking nuts. So I watched
1: like the first three episodes, and I'm like... I no, get you it. You got to plow through
2: them. you got to finish because the, gotta ending plow through. To, the ending of the first season is just like... Bah!
1: Because I was like, okay, I get it. Women aren't property. Women need to be respected. They have it worse than... I'm like, like I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm just saying like, it's, you're coming in a little heavy-handed.
2: And then, oh, season two's even worse. Yeah. Have you seen season two? Yep. Oh, unbelievable. It makes you feel bad for having a penis. Why do I need
1: to watch that then?
0: I've changed my name to the, to the commander, <laughs> commander, commander Hanselman.
1: I walk around the office apologizing to all the women. I'm sorry <laughs> that if some guy didn't call you when you were in high school.
2: <laughs> it's the world we live in.
0: God help us all. Richard Schiff can uh, confirm this uh, this week or today. I saw that they're doing a West Wing reboot.
1: Are they really? Yeah. Is uh, Sorkin going to do it? Yes. Is he? Yep. Man, I love the newsroom. On oh my HBO. god.
0: Oh, my the God. The newsroom
1: was so fucking good. So good. And every guy I knew that saw that show and even some women fell head over heels in love with Olivia Munn.
0: Oh, Sloan Sabbath, Sloan baby. Sloan Sabbath.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. So hot. So fucking smart. And the, the best line that she ever said was, I don't care that you're dumb. I'm like, marry me right now. <laughs> marry me right fucking now. She, All um, this financial shit, I have no idea what you're talking
0: <laughs> about. I don't care. So there's a guy on that show named Thomas Sadosky. And he plays Don Kiefer, the producer guy. Yes. Who is also Livy Munn's love interest in the show. Yes. and But
1: he's first with Allison Pill. Correct. Yeah, who was kind of annoying in that show. I hated her. I did too.
0: Hated her. Plus, I hated her. Her name was Allison Pill.
1: <laughs> Pill's a bad last a name. terrible. Last I mean, it's name. a terrible Pill's last a name. Pill's a bad last name for an annoying girl.
0: It's like the Pioneer Woman. Her husband's name is Lad. I, that drives me nuts, one- too. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, um, I, I became Twitter friends with Thomas Sadosky. Oh, no, kidding. Because the Cardinals were playing the Dodgers. He would tweet and I'd be like, hey, you know, I just tweet at him because he, I don't know, just fire it off, see what happened. And he, we'd converse back and forth a little bit. And He was a super nice. You know, he was no nice. shit. Yeah. We'd talk about Dodgers and Cardinals. I wouldn't like, you know, wouldn't talk about acting. I was like, hey, you know, great. This, the show was awesome tonight. That was all I'd say. And then say, hey, you heard the Dodgers. You, Do- uh, Do-
1: you didn't go all Dan Buffa, Frank Grillo on him.
0: No. No, but Thomas Sadosky, my friend, my Twitter friend.
3: Hey, this is Renan out from today in St. Louis on Five on Your Side. You are listening to the Last Man Up
1: podcast. Don't turn that dial. Yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind.
1: Joining us on the phone right now is a senior columnist for NFL.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeffrey Chadia. Jeff Chadia, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing great. Uh, finally, kind of recovering from wild card, uh, wild card weekend. Uh, it started out with a bang with the with the Indianapolis Colts just rolling right over the Houston Texans, and then the heartbreaker in uh, in Chicago with with Philadelphia and the Bears. What was your favorite moment from the weekend?
3: Uh, well, since I was in Chicago, that probably was uh, <laughs> my favorite moment. It's that last kick in that game that was. Originally a miss, now it's the block field goal by uh, Cody Parque. Um, you know so, uh, it's playoff football in its finest. There, you know, so many emotions involved, so much tension, and uh, unfortunately for the Bears, it didn't go their way.
1: Do you think that when you see like Nick Foles and how he just seems to keep winning with this Philadelphia Eagles team, and it's Nick Magic and Saint Nick? do you think that this is going to keep on going and he's going to carry this team back to the Super Bowl, or do you think that maybe the time is going to be up in new Orleans on Sunday?
3: I think it's coming up on Sunday. If he can win that game in that environment against that team, uh, my God, it's like, uh, you have to pick them to win it all at that point, because that's everything's lined up for the Saints right now. And the last time they were down there playing the Saints, it was 48, seven and it probably wasn't even that close. So, um, you know, it's an amazing story, but every time I've watched him play, I've always been struck by just how that team responds to him. I mean, it's just – I don't know if he could do that for a full 16 games over the course of a regular season, but in the playoffs, no matter how bad it looks, he somehow finds a way to get them, get them going.
2: You know, I was watching the game uh, – what was that? Was it Saturday? No, Sunday game. Um, and – I completely agree. It, the team is just a different team with him on the field in the playoffs. But something that I do want to uh, touch on a little bit, you mentioned it, the Cody Parkey missed field goal now obviously on record as being a block kick. Something that I really took away from that was his response after the game, You know, faced with the media, faced with all these questions about you know, why'd you miss the kick, blah, 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 all this. And something that really stuck out to me was how he stepped up and, uh, admitted that he didn't do his job, he took full responsibility and uh the maturity in which he handled that situation. What do you make of all that?
3: Well it was tremendous and you know it's good that you noticed it because oftentimes those moments get lost and forgotten and, and for me sports isn't just about winning and losing. It's about it's about your character and it's about how you respond and uh how you how you deal with adversity. And, um, I felt horribly for the guy after the game was over. I-, I know that he was getting destroyed on social media, media, and, um, I know in that stadium, I-, I felt concerned for his safety going home that night. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a game. He did the best he could. Um, it's, unfortunately for him, I don't know if anybody will even remember that as a block field goal because it was such a bizarre, uh, hitting the crossbar, hitting the upright, uh, type play. But yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for how he handled himself, and I think back to you know the Super Bowl a few years ago when Cam Newton lost, and it was like a, a kid throwing a temper tantrum. It's you know, it's I think it's important for guys to carry themselves with with class, no matter how how the game's in.
1: Well, we've established what your favorite moment from Wild Card Weekend was, but which team to you stood out the best, and who do you think looks the who, who looks <laughs> really formidable going into this weekend?
3: Uh, well, for me, it was the Chargers and I say that because they had not been playing that well over the last couple games of the regular season. Phillip Rivers had really been struggling. And, you know, I saw them play Kansas City in Week 15, and they had a huge win there, and then they just really couldn't get it done against Baltimore. So it felt like Baltimore being at home, uh, having to travel across the country the Chargers did, playing an early game that a lot was going against them, but they, they really played a sound game, had a great game plan to, uh, as far as how to attack Lamar Jackson that rushing, rushing attack and, and really um, stood up to that Ravens defense. Um, you know, People oftentimes forget about the Chargers because they play in a weird stadium and <laughs> they don't have a huge following right now, but, um, but they're 8-1 on the road. And, and so, to me, winning that game, playing the way they did, Playing against a tough team, I feel really good about their chances going into Foxboro this week against the Patriots.
2: Jeff, I'll tell you one team that really impressed me over the weekend was the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I realize that the Texans' secondary leaves much to be desired, but... The way Andrew Luck has conducted himself throughout the season and now in the playoffs, I find that that Colts-Chiefs matchup is a really interesting matchup over the weekend because of that. And you have a solid defense led by Darius Leonard, who's you know going to be the NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, you have Luck playing at an all-time level right now. I think that game's going to be a little bit closer than people expect. What do you think?
3: I think the Colts win that game. I, oh, do, wow. too. I do, too. To be so... Um... Yeah, so I'm right there with you. I I really thought that. Now, granted, they're, they're playing a team they they know pretty well um, for the third time, so there's a little bit of an advantage in that. But I thought what the Colts did in that game, really controlling the line of scrimmage against a very stout defense, uh, neutralizing J.J. Watt, Damian Clowney, and that crew running for 200 yards, they have a lot going for themselves. And I like the Colts in this game against Kansas City because it's a really bad matchup for the Chiefs. You look at the way their defense has been all year long, bad against the run, really struggling inside linebacker and safety. You're talking about facing a quarterback and Andrew Luck, that as much as we talk about Patrick Mahomes and his dominance in this season, Andrew Luck's a pretty good quarterback himself. Oh, yeah. And he's mobile. And and so he's going to be behind an offensive line that's given up 18 sacks this season, throwing to a tight end in Eric Ebron, who's made the Pro Bowl with T.Y. Hilton. Um, it's you know defensively they're okay which is good enough but I I just think they can probably hold the football for thirty five thirty eight minutes against Kansas City and really keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline
1: and the only thing that Kansas City really does well defensively is they do kind of get to the quarterback a little bit they have a decent pass rush but Indianapolis yep. their their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL if they can't get to Andrew Luck it, it may be a long day in in Kansas or a long night uh, in Kansas City on Saturday and they're everybody I'm, I'm Related to a lot of Chiefs fans, I'm friends with a lot of Chiefs fans, and they are going to have lemon booty. I'm thinking maybe by halftime. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I live in Kansas City, so yeah, there's definitely. You, you know what I'm them. talking
1: about? Then they're going to be like, "Oh boy, yeah. here we go again."
3: Yeah, a lot of anxiety, especially with the Colts, who I think they're four and zero against Chiefs at all time in the playoffs, and have delivered some of the most heartbreaking losses against the Chiefs. Uh, the most recent one being a few years back when Andrew Luck was in his second.
2: I remember year that. In, in
3: yeah, they were up thirty-one-three and ended up losing the game. And you got to so it's go ahead.
2: You got to remember Andy Reid in the playoffs. That's another thing yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, not great, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> well, it,
3: it, yeah, exactly. Not just that, but it's, it's it's hard to I think when you the Chiefs have been so good offensively. I think they're the only team in NFL history now to score twenty-six, at least twenty-six points in every game. But I tell people because I watch them a lot that the offense is not the same offense it was weeks one through 11 yeah when they they lost Hunt yeah yeah with Sammy Watkins being hurt and they've had injuries on the offensive line it's had a huge impact and really it's it's affected the output of Travis Kelsley and and Tyree Hill and really the thing that made them so dangerous was that they had so many weapons you couldn't key in on one guy because somebody else could beat you and now it's been easier for teams to take away Kelsey and Hill, and the running game is not so effective anymore. So it's really – Patrick Mahomes, if they're going to advance, he's going to have to even be more phenomenal than what he's been this entire year.
1: How much pressure is on on Patrick Mahomes? Because uh, the last Kansas City uh, Chiefs quarterback to win a playoff game at home was Joe Montana. You have Joe Montana yeah. coming out publicly and saying that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback that's going to lead the Chiefs to the promised land. And he's going to break the curse. So you're just adding more pressure on on top of this kid. How, how poised do you think he could stay?
3: Well, I think that's a good question because you know the the you look at three of their last four games. Uh, they went two and two, but one of those two of those games that one of those games could have been a loss to the Ravens outside of a fourth and nine miraculous throw by Patrick and Tyree Gill and they lost to the Chargers and to the Seahawks. And in both those games, it it became very apparent that this defense is so bad that it it puts more pressure on the offense. Uh, Earlier this year, they were able to jump out on teams early, get ahead by 10, 14 points, and then just sit back and let the pass rush, you know, get after the opposing team's quarterback. And now they're having to really fight and scrap every possession. They're still capable of getting the 28, 30 points, but, now teams are getting ahead of them. Uh, they're taking advantage of the secondary and, and the, the the pass defense and the run defense, and that's just it's a bad mix. And I don't think they've ever really found a way to play comfortably the way they have to play now versus what they were doing before, which is pretty much just boat racing everybody.
2: Jeff we've gotten your Colts Chiefs picks but I'm interested to get your picks for the rest of the games uh, you know we have San Diego at New England we have Dallas Rams game which I think is going to be a phenomenal game Saturday night mm-hmm. and then obviously you've got New Orleans and Philadelphia I think I know which way you're leaning there what do you got for us this weekend who's coming out and head the championship games next weekend
3: well I just took the the Colts over the Chiefs and I like the Ravens I mean assuming the Chargers over the Patriots uh, I think if you ask People in Dallas, they probably love Cody Parquet as much as anybody in the (laughs) NFL right now. But they didn't have to go to New Orleans this week. Um, I like like them against the Rams. I feel like the Rams have been just in a a weird state. And you go back to that Todd Gurley, uh, go back to the Chiefs game when they played the Rams, and Todd Gurley getting banged up in that game. And that offense, without him really being 100%, hasn't looked the same. And so without that, I I really think the Cowboys, you know, with really – Fast defense, you know, stud linebackers, uh, stud, stud corner and Byron Jones. I, they can give them some problems. So I like the Cowboys for the upset there and then the Saints at home. Um, I like them. I mean, it's hard to, to bet against them. So, um, that's what I think. What have I got like two row games, two row wins and two home wins. For three? I have three, don't I? I'm yeah, that, yeah, you, you know, do. This, wow, <laughs> you like all kinds I'm of road really dogs. The deep red, uh, <laughs>
1: put, put the Jack Daniels away.
2: I was going to say, I hope you didn't put a ton of money on those picks. You're making <laughs> some bold ones, my friend.
1: Philadelphia has yeah. been playing with a house with house money, you know, the past month and a half. I'm with you on 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 them going down to New Orleans. I think if the Bears that they had a little bit better of an offense, I don't think New England or uh, Philadelphia would have came out of Soldier Field with the W. But I think that Bears offense is still a little bit of a mess. They're not going to have that. They're not going to have that easy of a go with the New Orleans because that secondary of Philadelphia is, is banged up. Drew Brees is going to throw all over them.
3: Yeah, no, I think you are right. I think they're going to exploit them the same way. It won't be as bad as it was because I think that uh, the Eagles are going to come in there with a lot of pride. But that's a noisy place to play, and they get it rolling down there. Their defense, really, their defense is, is far more underrated than people want to uh, really talk about. Um, so. Um, I do think that they're going to be really fired up to play that game. and It won't be 48-7. It'll probably be closer to 31-24.
1: Jeff Chadia from NFL.com joining us on the phone right now. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeffrey Chidia. Uh You brought them up earlier, the, the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think they made a mistake in sticking with Lamar Jackson going into the second half, or do you think they should have gone to to Joe Flacco just to see if he could have you know created some kind of offensive spark? Because Jackson looked really bad in that game.
3: Yeah, and, and I wasn't really surprised by that either. I, I thought that of all the the teams in the wild card week, that the Ravens might be might be a sucker's bet just because a quarterback like that in the postseason, you know, they're going to take away teams are going to take away what you do well and force you something else. And it just you could just see him really struggling in the first half of that game and trying to find himself. So, but you know, he did rally them late. I, I think that if you are playing the long game and you're John Hallbar sitting there. The last thing you want to do is affect your quarterback's confidence after the run he's been on. And I do think that as much as Flacco might have been able to help them in the short term, the long play here for that team was to say it belongs to Lamar Jackson now, win or lose. you got to ride or die with him. And to have him sitting on the bench with Flacco leading a comeback in that game potentially uh, going into the off season and into the next season, I think that would be a huge cloud over him. I mean, you just couldn't afford to do that. And in fact, John Harbaugh was probably owes his job security to Lamar Jackson, so it's probably a payback right there.
2: Yeah, no kidding, uh, Jeff. We've had a slew of hires over the last couple of days, last week in the NFL. A lot of coaching turnover. I think we had, as of two weeks ago, ten open vacancies in the NFL. Um, some interesting hires this week, though. I really like Bruce Arians down in Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles is now going to serve as a defensive coordinator. But the one that struck me the most was Cliff Kingsbury getting the job in Arizona. You're not the only one. A little bit of a head-scratcher for me. What do you think?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that's probably an understatement. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I can't remember the last time a mediocre college coach who got fired by his alma mater landed in a head coaching job. Um Anywhere, anytime in the NFL history. it um, But it, it speaks to the sign of the times. Right now, Sean McVay is, is a hot, young head coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is doing some good things in San Francisco. And you look at Cliff Kingsbury, it looks a lot like those guys. <laughs> you know, a young guy, a single guy, um, smart, offensive-minded. And I, I, certainly, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, your job, one, is to try to figure out how to get the most out of Josh Rosen. And they speak believe that clearly believe that cliff kingsbury can do that now i question how a how a head coach who is just there to help the quarterback develop helps the entire team get better um i thought it was a really bad move to fire steve whoops after one year uh which of a what was really a rebuilding program and then you go to this guy it makes even less sense. Now, if you're going to go hire Todd Bowles, who's the proven head coach, I get it, or somebody else who's got experience, uh, Jim Caldwell, Chuck Pagano, but if you're saying, let's take a flyer on this guy who's never come to this level and never really had success as a head coach, that, that is baffling to me as well.
2: It's weird to fire a guy after one year and then bring in somebody so unproven and think yeah. this is going to be Cliff the miracu- yeah. miraculous turnaround.
1: I think a lot of that has to do with Patrick Mahomes. I think everybody's like, oh, that was the guy that coached Patrick Mahomes in college. He, he couldn't
2: win with him. He went but four he, and six with him. But he coached him.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's hire that guy.
2: Four and six with yeah. Patrick Mahomes, who's now your NFL coach. MVP of the season. I
1: thought maybe at first they like, yeah. hired him as like as an uh, as an offensive coordinator, and I'm like that. Kind of, this seems kind of strange without a head coach. Then they're like, oh no, he's a, he's going to be the new head coach of the Cardinals. I'm like that makes zero sense to well, me. Well, the
2: whole situation yeah. was weird because he had to be officially released from US or be granted interviews from USC. Like he took the USC job, yeah. and then you know a month later, two months, I don't know what the timeline was, but it was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go get a head coaching <laughs> job in the NFL. Weird situation. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and you wonder at what point in the process did they say he's the guy we got to go get? Because right? Yeah, if you wanted him. You could have went and got him. A long Absolutely time. He right. Why was, was, well, was he going to So he strange. He was going to get overtures from from NFL teams, and then all of a sudden, get the job so quickly. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, it doesn't make any sense. It obviously looks like Cliff Kingsbury had no idea that anybody was going to want him as an NFL head coach. Maybe as an offensive coordinator, which would make sense. But you know, here we are. It, um, it, it,
1: it, it's, it's astonishing. Jeff Jadia from NFL.com. He likes the Colts. He likes the Cowboys. He likes the Bolts, and he likes the, uh, the Saints. He's telling you right now to take your house payment out of the bank <laughs> and put it on
2: those, uh, on those four games. Is that what he said? That's what, that's what I, I heard. I don't know about you. Part.
1: He's saying call your bookie yeah, right um, now. <laughs>
3: yeah, or maybe, or maybe I'll be in rehab after. <laughs> in somebody, you
2: know,
3: spoken too much crystal now.
1: There you go. Jeff Jadia, always great talking football with you, sir. Enjoy the weekend.
3: All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it as always.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to the Last Man Up Podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Last Man Up Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. Follow Clay at Ton of Clayton. And follow Andy Hanselman at Emo6. Special happy birthday shout out to Clay Byersdorfer. He is twenty eight years young. So, ladies, if you see him out at the bar. Make sure you buy him a shot.
0: He is single and ready to mingle.
1: Maybe give him a spanking too. He does that as well? <laughs> Ooh boy! Speaking of Andy Hanselman and spanking, he's here right now with the uh, the top ten. Announcers for 2018, according to awfulannouncing.com.
0: Yeah, this is the uh, the 2018 NFL announcer rankings. Uh, the votes have been cast, the scores have been tallied, and our readers have decided their favorite and least NFL uh, least favorite NFL broadcast teams during the 2018 oh, his,
1: season. This is NFL broadcast teams.
0: Yes, gotcha. NFL broadcast teams. Uh, before we roll into the, I'm going to just read verbatim from awfulannouncing.com so that way I give credit where credit is due. Well, let's hear right. it. I did not create this. Uh, before we roll into the rankings, a few notes. Every team received over 3,000 votes, and a total of over 50,000 votes were cast. Uh, the race for first place was one of the closest that the author can remember in ever doing these rankings. For a while, he was wondering if, I'd, if you'd have to take the scores out to three decimal places. Uh, no crew has ever received a grade as low as the last place team, not even Hawk and Harrelson. Wow, that's pretty bad. In the battle battle between CBS and Fox, the CBS broadcast crews take the edge with an average score of 2.6 to Fox's 2.48. However, Fox had just one of the bottom five ranked teams, while CBS had three of the bottom five. CBS also had three of the top four. And all but one of Fox's crews was bunched in the middle third of the rankings. Looking how the teams fell, it seems like CBS teams have more boom or bust potential, while Fox teams are more consistent across the board. So, uh, we'll just run through the top. Uh, there's 15 of them, but I'll just we'll run through the top 15 through 10 or 15 through 11 with no comment. We'll just say you know okay. Because so that's Joe. I'm going to screw some names up. I'm sure too. Uh, Joe T- uh, Tessitore, Jason Whitten, and Booger McFarland. This they were the dead, They were dead last. 1.08. Well deserved. Sparodidi's and Adam Archuleta.
2: I like Sparrow uh,
0: I like Spiro. I like Adam, too. Thirteen, Dick Stockton and Mark Schlereth.
1: Dick Stockton Schlereth, needs to
0: go. Yeah. How do you say that last name?
1: Mark Schlereth. Yeah. Schlereth.
0: Schlereth, okay. Uh, number twelve, Andrew Catalan and James Lofton. No, uh, They are a uh, CBS broadcast crew. Number eleven, Tom McCarthy and Steve Berline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right, so here's our top ten of the uh, the the uh, best announcers. Uh, the top, top ten, Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston. Chris Myers is yep. awful. He
1: is agreed. awful. He is so terrible. I think. I think part of it, I'm, I'm holding my bias because he he shadow he it all over St. Louis during the relocation thing. So I think that's part of my anger towards him. Maybe
2: I didn't like him before. I didn't like him after that whole thing went down. Number nine, Kenny Albert and Rondé Barber with two point oh, three nine.
1: Rondé and Kenny. I like any of those Albert guys. I usually like. I like him too. I like Kenny Albert. Yeah.
0: Uh, how about number eight, Greg Gumbel, Trent Green, and Bruce Arians? Wow, that's low. 2.44. I know there's some real low ones in this one.
2: Bruce Arians, who is now no, yeah, head, no longer head coach there. of He's, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right.
0: Uh, how about number seven, Tom? Um, because he has an extra H in his name.
1: Oh, Tom Brenneman? Yeah,
0: Tom Brenneman and Chris Spielman. They're not bad. The 2.45. They have a most popular score of B. Uh, number six, uh, and. Uh, it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Wow. Wow, that's low. 2.87. That's
1: not good for Fox. That's that's their A-team right, right. there.
0: They're, no, they're number six. That's what they lead with. Ranked ahead of them, uh, which I agree with is Kevin Burkhart and Charles Davis. Okay. Number four. I think these guys should be number one. Who do you think? It's Kevin Harlan and Rich
2: Gannon.
1: They're good. It, Kevin Harlan's always great. Uh, awesome. Kevin Harlan's got one of the, some of the best pipes. I don't, I don't it, care. It's Unbelievable. Fantastic. You I don't, don't care.
2: care? No, I don't care much for Rich Gannon, but Harlan. I mean, Harlan makes that team absolutely. Number three, Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. See to
1: me, they're my number one. Yep. I love Ian Eagle.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, two Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth.
2: Oh, yeah. I figured they would be number one, so I really want to know who the top one is. Well, now. I mean, there's only one left. Yeah.
0: And your number one broadcast team, Jim Nantz and Tony Romo. Yep,
1: gotta be. I can't stand Jim Nance.
0: Oh God, I love Jim Nance. So we were having this discussion. No, do you
1: hate do you hate Jim Nance on the Masters and and NCAA basketball? He's he's okay covering golf. Everything else, I don't care for him. Number, he he always sounds so crushed every single time he calls the game. The Patriots lose. Well, I'm sure he, he is because he, he and Tom Brady are golfing buddies and all that. And the whole hello, friends. He seems kind of dorky. Now, hello, Tony, friend. Tony Romo's great at what he does. Yes.
2: Jim Nance is an absolute psychopath. I don't know if you guys know about this, but Jim Nance carries a picture of toast in his wallet. And he will go to restaurants and say, I would like burnt toast. And if the restaurant does not bring back the quality of toast, he will pull out this photo and hand it to the waiter and say, No, it needs to look like this. What so kind of OCD shit is this? He's a psychopath. But That is, cr-
1: that is bonafide crazy. Bonkers. I, yeah.
2: So I, I had to look this up because I was like, no way that's true. But yeah, it's, it's apparently a thing. His wife apparently makes the best toast, and that's how he likes his toast. Good grief. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not that hard to make toast. No, is it's just, not to just just to burn it uh, either. To, that's that's like, the easiest yeah, thing to up, do is burn uh, it. Apparently, it's Jim Nance's standard, it's a
0: thing. Well, did you know that the numbers on a toaster are the number of minutes, minutes. It's in the toaster?
1: Yeah. Which makes, makes sense. Well, I thought the it was higher- always just a level. Well, okay, it the is le- a level, but, but I, didn't know, sense, I didn't though. know it corresponded to minutes as well. Okay, but the longer the toaster, the darker it's going to get. Well, duh. So, I mean, that could see be the same thing as a level. I thought it's like
0: you know, depending on how hot. I mean, it could be how hot the thing gets, and for you know a certain amount
2: of seconds. What well, do you think? It's cooking up to like four hundred degrees in there in that <laughs> oven. It's what a toaster. No. I, don't, I was disappointed that Ian Eagle and Dan
1: Fouts weren't higher than what they were. I, I think Ian Eagle is the best play-by-play guy out there.
0: Here's the analysis Basketball, on... Basketball,
1: football, I think he's the best. He
0: is very good. Here's the analysis on Ian Eagle. Uh, the bird and the beard remains a popular pairing, picking up the third most A votes and, uh, and the third highest cut of A votes among any pairing. They were also the first of three teams that 75% of you gave either an A or a B, and the third of five that ended up with under 10% DNF grades. Given Eagle's strong national work on NFL, college basketball, and NBA coverage, you can make a case that he is the most valuable broadcaster in the industry today.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think Ian he's Eagle, I, I, I think he's got a great voice. I think he's got, I think he's funny. Yeah. He's kind of like a little bit of a dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, that's, that's bad news though for for Fox that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were as yeah. low as what they were. But
2: it's a testament to how good Tony Romo is behind the mic. I mean, I watch those broadcasts and I find myself listening to Tony way more than is I this do
0: second or third year behind the mic. Like second, second year, se- yeah, yeah.
2: But we were having this. I was having this discussion with my friends uh, Sunday about how Tony's a better broadcaster than he was a quarterback. <laughs> he was a good quarterback, he a good looked- quarterback, but his career. Is going to be made off TV?
1: Probably, yeah. He's going to be one of those guys where, you know, like you and I were like kids. Well, I mean, it's, it may be too late for me. It's not <laughs> too late for you. You're only 28. But, like, you know, your kids will be like, uh, Dad Tony Roma was a quarterback, and you are yeah. going to be like, "Oh yeah, you know." Back
2: in my day, I remember when he blew it in the playoffs. <laughs> like, like, how
1: many how many people like really know that Chris Collinsworth was a wide receiver
2: for the Bengals? Very few.
1: Yeah, I mean, Not people very just, few. Yeah. People just think that he's just a football guy. Because right. I maybe mean, if you were to add, okay, if, if I were to point to you, like point to you, Chris Collinsworth, and be like, okay, what position did he play in football? You'd be like, oh, he was a kicker.
2: Yeah, because he's, he's, not kind, very of big. Like he's slinky, kind of like slanky, kind guy. of skinny guy. Yeah, a pencil neck. Yeah,
1: So you're going to be like, oh, well, he's the kicker. No, he was a wide receiver. He was yeah. an okay one, but I think he's annoying, too. He's another one that kind of cheers for the Patriots a little too much in the booth. That three-man
0: booth of when it was Buck, Aikman, Collinsworth, when they first started doing that, that yeah. was a solid group. It was a solid group. I thought it was really, really I thought good. Was, I, but, I but then again, but I thought Collinsworth and Aikman tried to talk over each other too much. Yeah. And
1: what 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 is the best football group uh, broadcast pairing or, or trio that you've heard.
0: I'm a, I'm a big Kevin Harlan fan because I, I love like I Harlan. love the I love the Monday Night Football broadcasts. I like on ESPN Radio.
1: I like Al Michaels. I Al do Michaels too. Is I mean, so good, too. Al, Al Michaels and Dan Deardorff yeah. and yeah. um and Frank Gifford. They were yep. pretty good on Monday, Monday Night, Night Football. Monday Night and people like they'll roll their eyes, but when he was in, when they were both in their prime, there really wasn't anybody better than Pat Summerall and John Madden. Oh
0: no way no. There was, I, no. I'm saying I agree so wholeheartedly. So good, 100. I when
2: really they were, when they were in their prime. It 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 saddens me that Joe Buck is not higher on the list because. He does some really good games. I mean, oh, we're kind of spoiled with him, too, because he does baseball really he's, well.
1: He's so polarizing.
2: Oh, my gosh. There's
1: nobody who's on the fence about Joe Buck. No. You, either you love Joe Buck or you can't stand him. And I love it's Joe Buck. I do, too, I'm a huge fan of his. You guys
0: want to hear the analysis on Joe Buck, Troy Aikman? Yes. Let's hear it. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, absolutely positively not the best we have, or whatever the exact phrasing was, but far from the worst. Buck and Aikman have great chemistry because they've been working together so long and the Joe Buck is terrible and the worst broadcaster ever shit really just seems like a bad meme at this point. More than 70% of Buck and Aikman's votes were an A or a B. And while they did receive the fourth most F votes of any team, it wasn't enough to counterbalance the strong percentage of high grades.
1: I think that's people just hating Joe Buck. That was Buck. it.
0: The F-Votes people just hating Joe Buck. Yeah, not yeah. even his announcements. Fox's long-serving number one team isn't perfect, but they're far, far from the bottom of this list, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Th- no.
1: th- the funniest thing about Joe Buck is that people – and I've heard Joe Buck say this when he was interviewed on Howard Stern. He goes, yeah, everybody comes up to me, and I'm either, I'm either always for their team or I'm always against their team. Like – he could be calling a game between the Yankees and the Cubs, and the Cubs fans will accuse him of always being for the Yankees, and the Yankees fans will always accuse him of being for the Cubs. He's like, I just can't win. Yeah. And he got, I'll never forget that. He got a lot of that from the Cardinals fans, too. Oh, well, Absolutely. yeah, during that, during
0: that NLCS with the Giants, and what was that guy's name, Marco Scudero or something? Yeah. That went in hard Went in hard a second in like the first inning of the game, which made Marco Scudero a talking point for the rest of the seven-game series. It was just brutal to watch. Probably one of my least favorite Joe Buck broadcasts. I did enjoy him saying the name Marco Scudero,
2: though. I did. I enjoyed that a lot, too. That is a
1: fun name to say. Marco, Marco Scudero. Scudero. Marco Scudero. And
2: then listening to the smooth, velvety voice of Joe Buck, it just... I don't know. Otherwise, I'm a Joe Buck-lumming. I think Joe Buck is like the I greatest thing to yeah. slice bread.
1: I'm a huge fan of this. Big fan. Proud proud St. Louis Sun. Yes. Anybody, yeah. anybody that is from here that has gone on to big things and still... Finds a way to promote the city and still find to mention the city and be proud of the city. I'm all for. He's one of them. Yep. John Hamm's one John of them. John
2: Hamm is a big champion for St. Louis.
1: Uh, and Andy Cohen. Yep. Andy Cohen's a, a big
0: champion for St. Louis. He had to come to Derek Gould's defense on Twitter the other night. Did he really? Because Derek Gould tweeted out that about how he was, he was just tweeting out as a person. He wasn't at uh, reporting duties that, uh, that, that our illustrious president misspelled Barack Obama's name. Yeah,
1: he misspells everything, though.
0: Yeah, he put two R's in Barack Obama's name. Yeah. And people were coming after Gould. Like, stick to sports. Stick to sports
1: <laughs> yeah, ass. the only the only time they ever say that though is whenever you're going after a politician that they like.
0: Right, exactly. They, he goes because I'm, tell- I'm telling you,
1: everybody who says stick to sports, they are all, they've all probably got MAGA in their uh, in their Twitter bio,
0: 100, <laughs> 100. or a bi- or a Bible verse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so you know, so Derek Gould tweeted out, you know, how come you guys don't do this when I tweet about comic books? That's not sports. <laughs>
1: yeah. I tell Ben Albright, too, uh, Ben Albright that, too, in Denver. Because Ben Albright's pretty critical of the president as well. Yep. And well, a lot of people don't know about Ben Albright, Clay, like you, he's a veteran. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that he's a veteran, so whenever... He'll criticize something about what Trump does. They'll come at him like, you know, well, why don't you serve the gun? He's like,
2: I love when he claps back. I I did. I did. They shut up.
1: it will post a picture of him like in, in like in fatigues, you know, carrying carrying a weapon like overseas or whatever. And I I told Ben Albright, I'm like, you know, it's funny how they always say stick to sports whenever you're criticizing someone that they like. That's the only time they ever do that. If you were praising Donald Trump, they'd be like, "Oh, finally, somebody in the media, somebody gets it. Somebody in the mainstream media is, is for Trump. How can this be?"
2: It's That's the world. How it we always li- is. It's the world we live in. God help us all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about something fun until we end the show. Okay, let's talk. Oh, here we go. You want to talk
1: about something fun? Yeah, yeah I got something fun. It, it was announced today that Jeff Bezos, the founder oh, of Amazon, yeah. <laughs> McKenzie, the world's richest man. Oh. After 25 years of marriage to Mackenzie Bezos, Bezos, he's calling it quits. And they're saying that she could walk away, depending on the settlement structure, she could walk away with $69 billion. What? $69 billion, Nice. Which would make her the richest woman in the world. Because right now, the richest woman in the world is one of the uh, the Waltons. When the Walton law speaks. Yes. That is right now, she's the richest woman in the world. She's got like $45 billion. She can walk away with sixty nine billion dollars. And fellas, isn't I'm telling a, you right is it a now. Bill, isn't it Bill Laurie's wife? No uh I think it's one of the older ones. I could be wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm
2: looking it up, you going. But
1: Mackenzie Bezos Oh, it's Alice Walton. Out that's it. Mackenzie Bezos, I'm telling you right now, catch.
2: slide in those DMs, man. I'm telling you
1: right now. Slide in those DMs. Everybody start slap start slapping on that uh she's that high karate. Like, she's
0: like attainable hot.
1: Yeah, she's good looking, <laughs> and she's smart too. She's super smart. She's an author. I think she went to Princeton. She's uh, she's uh, the founder of like some kind of anti-bullying charity. So she's got to have other interests,
2: and she's going to be able to pay for dinner. Absolutely, clearly, and dessert if, probably. Okay, if if you married Mackenzie Bezos, and mm. you now have
1: access to sixty nine billion dollars, and she's like, "Honey, I just want you to be happy." And you like you, know, you kind of have like access to that. You're not yeah. going to take all of it, but you oh, can yeah. take a good chunk of it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. What's the first thing you do? So we're talking like
1: 10%? Let's say, okay, let's say... Give me let's a say, billion let, dollars. Let, no, let's say 20%. 20%. You, you, you,
2: you've got multiple billion dollars. I'm buying a cabin in the woods in the Pacific Northwest, and you're never going to hear from my ass again.
1: Okay, isolation isn't. That's on Clay's agenda.
2: <laughs> what am I doing with Mackenzie Bezos?
1: What are you going to do with the money?
0: Oh, go to Culpepper's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is with you, you Love do? those wigs go, go to Pizza Hut Love those wigs
0: I know uh, can- I mean I'm, I'm sure she's gonna have Also many many I mean We probably don't need To buy anything
1: uh, Okay what I'm saying
0: What would you do Oh you, you, You're no I'd build a I'd build the craziest Podcast studio ever <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it all Into the last man up podcast That's right we, could I would, do, we, we would buy our way into everything.
1: I would buy the Chargers and move their ass yep. here. Oh, I, would absolutely,
0: no. I would absolutely buy an Dead NFL team.
1: That is the first thing I would do. I would buy the MF and Chargers. I would move their ass here. I would send the Chargers name and all their history back to San Diego. Yep. So you could say, you know what? Whenever you get an expansion team, you can call them the Chargers. I don't care. Get a team here and then... Hell, I'd buy two go. franchises
2: and put them in St.
0: Louis. Real question. If you're the CEO of Amazon... How do you get divorced? I mean, that's like a that's like a your your marriage is part of the business.
2: Yeah. Oh, she's probably got NDAs. She's got. I mean, the amount of paperwork it probably took just to get married. Well, okay, they mar- yeah. they've
1: been married for twenty five years. They got married before Amazon even started.
0: Yeah, so that'd be ninety four yeah. somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like he was a hedge fund manager before he
2: started Amazon. Right.
1: So he probably had was he money. wealthy from that. I mean, he's not not like now, not but, I'm, but I'm sure he had money. Well, there's always that picture.
2: They always st- they started in a garage.
1: Yeah, I always yeah. see the picture selling circulated. books. Yeah, books. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see, the, per- the the picture circulated of him in his garage with like Amazon.com written on like on a sheet, right, and then like hung up on the wall, right. So I mean, he didn't have like all kinds of money. I'm not I'm not sure what kind of green up that they had, you know, we're talking like, like you said 1994, Right, there was such a thing back then, but I'm not sure how popular it was, and he probably couldn't foresee this happening, the amount of money that he has, but I mean, if she walks away with 69 billion
2: dollars, you're still going to have quite a bit of money, but I'd marry a psychopath for 25 years to walk away with absolutely. that much. Absolutely. I'd marry the craziest person ever. I mean, you tell is, me. I tw- think he is a psychopath too. Oh, legitimately, Jeff Bezos is crazy, yeah. but he's also going to own the world. He's going to so. make us all slaves. Right. You know, that they're all we're time. all going to end up working for Amazon. Yes. Shit, it's already happening here in Edwardsville. It absolutely they're is. Coming There's for you. thousands of employees down there. They're coming for you. Not Larry Nickel though. <laughs>
0: So you can't, they you use, can't enslave uh, Larry Nickel. So they do things that NPM has been doing for years. I mean, and, and yep. I think NPM Amazon kind of same thing. That's by the way, it's my family's business. Um, they use door desks at Amazon. We sell doors. We have door legs or legs to make tables. Okay, and so we have we have a lot of door desks There's around here. There you go. So I mean, Jeff, hey Jeff Bezos, check this out. We have door
1: desks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you buy us for a couple of billion? Do you sell some doors? I know you do.
1: Unfortunately you've been listening to the Last Man Up uh, podcast. Rude. We are part of uh, STLpodcast.com. Special thanks to Jeff Chadia for joining us. Everybody have fun watching the games this weekend and we will catch you on the other side.